Danish from the University of Waterloo, and this is Now We're Talking, a podcast about communication skills. And today we're going to talk about one of my favorite things, actually, word choice, which I really like talking about. I've got lots of really good and funny examples. Um, I heard an example on my way into work this morning, which I absolutely love, uh, which hopefully I'll use at, at some point. But uh, as with the past few episodes, I've got a student of mine here with me, Megan, and she's going to help, uh, help me talk about word choice and uh, give us some advice about making word choices in writing. So hi, Megan. Hi, Rob. So today I want to talk about word choice because it can be one of the most understated things when it comes to writing and it can really make the distinguishing difference between good writing and bad writing. Word choice can do a couple of things for writers. The first thing that uh, good word choice can do is that it can create and convey a specific mood, tone, or feeling in a piece. Um, I know that if I were to read a piece that is trying to convince me to eat this delicious cake and they use the word moist, I might actually cringe and I wouldn't want that. Um, So if the specific mood or tone is to make me want to eat that piece of cake, you better not be using the word moist. Why do you guys use the word moist? Honestly, it's like it might be like a, a young people thing because I have friends who like talk about this all the time. The word moist is just like it really brings like tingles down my spine and, and not in a good way. It makes me not want to have something. It makes me cringe. It doesn't work out for me. I wonder if it's in some sort of Harry Potter book someplace. <laughs> but all right. <laughs> uh, the next thing word choice can do is it can be central to achieving clarity, precision, beauty, and eloquence. Now, I have a friend of mine who is making the jump from college to university this year with hopes of starting university in September of 2018. The other day, he and I were talking, and he was expressing some of his anxieties and concerns with starting uh, university in September. And he went on to make a joke about how, at some point between now and September, he needed to sit down with a thesaurus to figure out a bunch of fancier versions of the commonly used words he uses in order to impress his profs and his peers in his writing. So my friend is kind of onto something there, but is also missing some key components. Um, Rob often tells his students, including myself, that in order to be better writers, we have to read more. Um, Reading more can introduce you to new styles of writing and also introduce you to new words that potentially were not in your repertoire before. And the hope is that with more words to choose from, you'll be more successful in communicating because you'll have a bunch of choices and you'll be able to pick the perfect word that really does set Uh, mood, tone, or feeling, and achieve clarity, precision, beauty, and eloquence. Now, the problem with my friend here is that he thinks he can go to the thesaurus and find a fancier version of any word and that it's going to work um, and it's going to impress other people. But the problem is is that my friend isn't trying to build his vocabulary uh, in order to achieve clarity or precision, uh, but he's actually just trying to build a repertoire of jargon. And when I say jargon here, I mean that he's trying to Uh, find new complex words to use um, 
in order to impress people. But the problem with this is that this kind of jargon can actually be extremely imprecise and confusing to your audience, uh, which is a huge problem. When we want to write effectively, we have to answer three key questions. The first question would be, what is my intended effect? My second question would be, what is my claim that I want to make in my piece? And the third question is, why does this matter to the audience and why should it be important to them? If my friend were to use this kind of jargon within his writing, the problem is, is that the claim and the effect and the importance of the piece also can become confusing for the audience. And this is where you might lose the audience in your piece. When you're writing a piece of text, your audience is absent. And we have to know that as writers, your audience will always have a response to your to what you're writing and unlike in interpersonal communication we won't have the opportunity to attend to these responses in our writing so if my friend were to use a bunch of complex words in a sentence that just don't make sense and it's not cohesive and his prof realizes that it's all wrong it's confusing and that it doesn't make sense um, my friend does not have the opportunity to attend to this confusion and try to clear it up like he would if he were having a conversation with his prof. So as someone who knows a lot of professors, and I pretty much only know professors, so for 20 years I've only known professors, and I never, not one time, not a single time in my life has any professor, other professor ever told me, oh, I wish my students used more complicated words. <laughs> it's never, ever, ever happened. Um, it has happened repeatedly, constantly, all the time, over and over again, every semester that other faculty friends of mine will say, oh, I wish my students would write more clearly. I wish I could figure out what the hell they're talking about in this essay. So I don't know where your friend got this assumption from that we all, the group of us, want to hear more complicated words. Yeah. We just want clear writing, and clear writing is always better than complicated writing. So there are, there are not, as far as I know, some crowd of professors out there demanding more complex <laughs> words from their students. Uh, in fact, it's, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. It's what you're describing. It's the need for clarity that drives at least professorial interests. Yeah. So. It's also quite concerning. I wonder what kind of pieces he's been reading from fellow friends or um, just out there in general. Clearly, uh, the person that he is reading pieces from is not considering their audience. That's another thing you want to make sure as a writer, that when you are choosing words that you want to make sure you're uh, attending to your audience. So if your audience isn't part of a specialized field or a discipline where jargon in that sense would work and make it more precise and clear, then you're not doing yourself any kind of justice. And so that is also pretty concerning. I don't know who he's reading work from. It's not my work, I promise. Um, so again, with this, um, we want to make sure that we're uh, attending to um, the fact that your audience is absent. So a good writer wants to anticipate the reactions of a reader will have to the subtle differences in word choice. Um, so again, um, he has to make sure that he's not just choosing any word because those words can have connotative and denotative meanings that uh, change the way how an audience can feel. So with that, to be a good writer, we have to master the process of making careful distinctions uh, highlighted by the correctness of names. Um, and something to go along this, uh, just to critique some of our profs out there, I absolutely hate when you use the word adequate. What is that? Adequate is, is like, it's supposed to mean you have sufficient knowledge and information, and yet adequate is found under uh, the grade level of being like 
60 to 70, which is not really all that great. Um, so there's this there's this difference of meaning here, and it can be quite confusing when a prof is ad asking for adequate information or knowledge because uh, there is this negative association for students that adequate is not enough, and so we feel we like we have to do even more. So um, that's a, this is a good example. Uh, adequate's a word that has a denotative meaning that that is ha there is enough there, but a connotative meaning that there's not enough. Yeah. So the connotation is in some ways opposite of the denotation uh, of the word, and this is why word choice gets complicated quickly and can be very impactful on audiences. So your audience will be hearing that something is not enough, and they'll be confused. At the very least, there'll be confusion about whether there is enough or there's not enough based on the discrepancy between the connotation and denotation of a word like adequate, at least. Yeah. So please don't use the word adequate. Um, it's very confusing and no one likes it. It's kind of like moist, at least for me. Um, so what can we do moving forward in order to make better calls with word choice? Uh, I think the first thing you can do is follow Rob's advice, which is read more. It's important to expand your vocabulary and your repertoire of words to choose from. I think in addition to such that you should always read your work out loud. Uh, when we read our work out loud, we can hear how certain words fit or don't fit, and that can pertain to how to involve beauty and eloquence. Uh, you want to make sure everything flows. And so if your um, intended effect is to... Um, uh, is not to sound so rigid and stiff, then you might find certain words that sound harsh and you want to take that out of the sentence and fill it in with something different in order to make it flow better. Um, and that is what your audience will hear and they'll it, it'll sound nicer and they'll accept whatever you're writing about more. Uh, in addition, it's important that you make sure to spend time crafting your piece. Um, clearly, word choice can have a huge effect, and so you want to make sure that um, you are getting across in a very clear and precise way what your intended effect is and what your claim is and why it's so important for, for your audience, and while doing so that you do achieve that kind of beauty and eloquence and that you are making the careful distinction with the correctness of names um, and using words with the proper meanings behind it. So I think that that's also, um, I think what you're pointing to is the fact that a writer needs to balance the connotative implications of a word that they choose and the denotative precision of that word. Um, so that's really the part that I find most fascinating and interesting about the problem of word choice. So you can pick a word that means exactly what you, you, you're trying to capture, but that word can at the same time connote something different or something slightly different or something that will have a different impact on an audience. You could also pick a word for its connotation that doesn't exactly mean the thing that you're after um, in order to you know, make someone laugh or um, have some kind of intended effect. So good writing, I think, balances those two needs. So the example I heard on that, so I like to listen to the radio when I drive to work in the morning, and this morning they play this little game where they try and invent a word for a situation. And the situation they were inventing a word for this morning was when you're walking down the hall and someone else is walking the opposite direction that you know and you can't quite get out of, out of each other's way. You kind of like almost run into each other um, and then have to pass or get around each other somehow. And someone, the word that people came up with was walkward. And like that was a walkward situation. And it's this playful attempt to connote something funny um, 
and describe the situation in a kind of playful way, yet at the same time denotatively capture what's actually happening. There's something awkward about the walking situation. Um, so really, really good writers are able to capture or get or choose words that capture both kinds of um, intents. They, they capture both the precise denotative meaning of what the writer is after and the right connotation that will have the right effect. That's really the challenge. Um, so Megan knows that I ask my students in all my writing classes, I try and get them to engage in little exercises like just pausing when they're writing anything from a text message to a Facebook post to an email over the most important words in particular sentences and then make little substitutions to try and play with what that important word will do and whether that important word also denotes the thing that they're after. So that kind of spirit is like the, I think the spirit that you're suggesting the writer cultivates. Um, and when you have that kind of spirit, your writing will improve. Yeah. So are there yeah. any other practical tips you've got, Megan? Um, I uh, also think uh, more on the practical side of things, when you have expanded your vocabulary and you've found uh, new word choices that you could potentially use, uh, maybe try them out in interpersonal communication settings before putting them in uh, your papers or your writing pieces. And the reason why I suggest that is because you want to test the waters first. It, you need to learn what those subtle differences will do to your audience. And uh, when you handle uh, learning how to use these these uh, different word choices in interpersonal communication, you can attend to the specific reactions or the responses if need be. Um, so then that could make you a better writer in terms of anticipating the reactions of your readers. Um, so I think that's pretty important uh, so that you get gain some practice uh, with uh, adding these new words into your everyday life. So I think the number one thing I write on student papers is WC when they use awkward or weird words all the time and what I, that's what it means word choice uh, because I'm constantly baffled at students like your friend there that's applying <laughs> to university why they make the choices they make seem so strange to me as a reader um, so you want to choose the word that most clearly and precisely captures or expresses the meaning of your hereafter and at the same time connotes uh, and produces the right effect or contains within it the right set of associations. And I guess moist doesn't do it for cake eating. <laughs> um, for some people, for other people, it might. Adequate doesn't really do it, apparently, for some students in terms of their responses. Um, it's, a, it's a challenge, and it's one of the primary challenges of writing. So any final thoughts, Megan? Um, just be careful with the word choices that you're using. Uh, do not understate the importance of word choice when you're writing and really take time to craft your pieces and pay attention to your word choice. Great. Thanks, Megan. And thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back with another episode about writing shortly.